Okay, I um, you know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, Jim earlier, and um, you know, when um, <clears throat> talking about teaching, this is the easy part. It's the prep for it. It's like, you know, and my mind goes nuts. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm going, you know, I'm, I'm marking stuff down. He he agreed. It's the prepping, like when he's with the kids and all that. <laughs> That's crazy. That's the unknown stuff that you never see. You know, so sometimes when you see these pastors with their mind, you know, it's like, you know, it looks like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, you know, and it's like, you know, it's like, man, that's because God takes us through these journeys in our lives, and he just drains us. And how many times I'm going this way, and God's just like, you're going the wrong way, guy, you know, and, and I'm going left, and he's going right. So it's the prep, and it's like, I look at some of this stuff, and, you know, sometimes I'll get up, and I'll take my notes and just throw them away. I'm like, yeah, guys, like, there we go. We're going to start fresh here. This would be like the same morning that I'm teaching, and I didn't do it this time. I had this one, but I've been praying about it all week. Dan's like, hey, you going to fill in for me? I'm like, yeah, cool. So I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. I'm like, you know, God, you know, he he takes you out there. You know, it's like, you just need me more and more, don't you, Jim? You know what I mean? You're like, yeah. And, uh, and he's like, well, we're going to be talking about praying, literally praying. And uh, so this morning... Um, it's funny too when when they had and uh, they said Jim Barnes they had Jim Swanson you know we were laughing about it I said just keep it up there you know what's new you know everything's always messed up when I get up here you know so uh, but in Matthew um, in Matthew six is where we'll be coming from this morning um, we'll be talking about the greatest sermon ever the Sermon on the Mount me personally. I like to read the Bible, and I like to put myself right then and there. This is why I know some people think, you know, how do you come up with some of the stuff you come up with? It's because I like to put myself there. God's Word is alive and well. It has to be. I mean, it wasn't just, it was written then, but it's got to apply now and in, in, in our hearts. So, um, you know, back then, they were in the midst of a crazy, out-of-control Roman government, just like we are. We have a crazy, out-of-control government. We have, and I wrote a bunch of stuff down here, um, the morals are just spiraling. And back then, same thing, same thing. You know, you had the Temple of Diane, Aphrodite, you've got pornography, prostitution, had all these things. You have the same thing now. Back then, they had offering their children to Molech, you know, literally sacrificing. And then same thing nowadays. Abortion rate is so high. We have this, there's so much stuff as far as how the, to just destroying the bodies of the young. They want them to change things, you know, the way they're looking. It's just insane what's going on. And uh, we have such a demonic force right now. And they had the same thing back then. Marriages, nowadays you can't define what a woman is. Marriage, you know, I'm not any idea. It's, it's just, it's a free-for-all. It's kind of like when you get a gift, when you get something, you know what I mean? Like for Christmas, you're like, oh, that's nice, a candle, you know? So you, you kind of wrap it up and give it again next year. You, know? you kind of give it out, you know what I mean? Same stuff. Same stuff, just kind of wrapped up a little differently, you know what I mean? And, uh... A couple thousand years ago, yeah, same stuff now. You know what I mean? Same problems. So they were going through the same things that we did and uh, that we're going through right now. And um, the Sermon on the Mount was um, 
it, it was the greatest sermon from the greatest teacher, the greatest feeder. He fed how many? The greatest healer. He did everything. And, uh, and this is something that was um, um, where he poured out his heart onto the hurting people is what he did. And the Sermon on the Mount goes from chapter 5 all the way through chapter 7. So it was kind of like a couple-day event. You know, you don't just throw this stuff out there, especially Jesus, in just a matter of like a couple hours. This is a couple of days, okay, that he did. And um, so, and the people back then were pretty much, <clears throat> they were on their own. Jesus just showed up on the scene, and he's pouring out his heart to the people. And... Um, and they, um, and we're talking thousands of people, you know, and I can only imagine they probably had like maybe, I don't know, threw flyers out, you know, like Sermon on the Mount's coming, you know, two-day event. You got free parking, you got camping on the hillside, you know, it's all there, you know what I mean? And, you know, and, um, and as we go through this, and I say this kind of funnily, but so true, on how it would be now, you know, when you get the sermon on that day one, going to be talking about the Beatitudes, teaching the broken heart issues. Isn't it amazing where Jesus right off the bat starts with the Beatitudes? He's talking about these, talking about these heart issues. These people were broken hearted back then. They didn't have anything. They had the law. They had these fake Pharisees. And they pretty much were on their own. So Jesus shows up on the scene. And so I'm sure it went on saying, you know what? So, you know, we have special teachings on the Beatitudes, on the brokenhearted issues, <clears throat> being the salt and the light. People probably reading these flyers like, wow, salt and light, whatever that is. Going to be talking about anger, lust. Like, wow, there's some good ones here. Then you're going to take a lunch break. He's going to be feeding everybody, okay? <laughs> And then he's going to be talking after lunch, divorce, vows, retaliation, thinking, yeah, this sounds pretty cool, you know, giving to the needy, then you're going to break, you know, then you're going to be more healing and, 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 and eating at night, you know that. And then on day two, thinking, wow, this is going to be cool. You know, and I'm sure at, the, at this point reading this, the wives are like, we're going to this. We're going to this one, okay? You know, that's like, okay, you know, yeah, fine. And uh, day two, special teaching, prayer, slapped right in the middle. I like that. He puts that prayer right there. And you know what? And you don't need a high priest. No Pharisee needed. People thinking, this is, this is awesome. We don't need some dude to be praying. I don't have to go to someone to go to God for me. You know, I can just straight on, you know? Then after that, you're going to be teaching about fasting, money, he goes, oh, this is wild, you know. Then we're going to take another lunch break, more food. Then we're, after that, we're going to be talking about criticizing, ask, seek, and knock. You know, presentation, special presentation on how to get to heaven. These are things that came up in this sermon, this two-day gig. And then we're going to have bearing fruit in your life. You're thinking, what's that all about, you know? Houses built on the rock or the sand, the foundation. These are things that Jesus talked about. He laid out the groundwork to these poor and hurting people. And then at the very end, you notice that at the very end of chapter 7? It says, and all the people 
were amazed. 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 Because they had never heard anything like this before in our lives, in their lives. Never. I find it very interesting on how you get that two-day event and then slap sandwich right down in the middle is prayer. It's just like on Genesis, God had man and woman and had that fellowship of prayer and spending that time with. And then in Revelation, you've got the same thing. Jesus coming back and having that fellowship and that time and prayer and all that with all of mankind that has been redeemed right there and slap and sandwich. I keep saying is right down in the middle. It's right there in Matthew is where Jesus decides to come down to earth right there in the middle of it all and talking about, and he walked, he walked on this earth and he came along to the hurting people. It's amazing how many times in my life Jesus will show up right in the middle of a crisis, right in the middle of like, I have no idea what to do. And you know, and what's the first thing that we should be doing is praying. And this is why I like with me. I'm a man. I struggle, just like the rest of us. And how many times God re reminds me, us, like, look, you know what? Talk to me. This is what this fellowship is about. This is all it's about. And so what, what I want to do is we'll get started here. And, um, and it, it, it talks about um, how to pray. I remember when I was a kid. I grew up in the Catholic Church. I knew this baby, you know, the Lord's Prayer. You know this by heart. And, and when you go to church, you know, I was an altar boy, and if you can picture that one, and uh, knew all the prayers, ringing the bells, you know, doing the communion stuff and everything. Knew it all. Repetition. Knew it all. Which is great groundwork and all that, but, but, the true prayer, the Lord's, really, actually, the true Lord's prayer is not this. This is, it's not, it's not what to pray, it's how to pray. Right. He's laying, he's mapping it out is what he's doing. The true Lord's prayer, I think, is in John 17, where, where the Lord looks up to the heavens, and he prayed to his Father, and then he prayed for the disciples, and then he prayed for future believers, that's us. That'd be the true Lord's Prayer. But in this situation right here, he's teaching those hurting people, remember the ones that are hurting, on how to do this, on, 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 to map it out. He's, he said, this is, I'm going to show you how to do this. When I was, uh, how to get to heaven, how to acknowledge what this. I remember when I was a kid, I grew up in the, on base, and I was in the Boy Scouts, and um and it was in 19, I'm going to throw some time back here. I think it was 1967 or 6. I was just old enough to get in Scouts. And I was in like one year. I think I was like in the fourth grade. They asked our troop, it was the local forest department, if we would map out the, the trail to anybody here been to Hutch's Pool? Yeah, I was the first one to actually map that out in 1964. It was me, and it was like about four or five other guys in our troop and our scoutmaster. And we went and we marked 
all the rocks as we went. And this way, they and they, the coordinates, and we literally were on our own. We knew where we had to get. We, we had to use the compass and all that. And uh, so, and we did. We got it in. To this day, they still use, that's the, hot, that's the trail that you take to Hutch's Pool. Okay, isn't that cool? This is what Jesus has done in this prayer real quickly. He's like, I'm going to map this one out for you on what God likes. On, on how he likes to be recognized in prayer. And, um, and I've always, um, you know, on how we are to um, approach him. That, that's what we need to, um, you know, God likes that. He desires that. Um, but, but he doesn't want the hypocritical prayer, just like right. in the very beginning, when you go into, I think it's verse 5, it talks about, but don't be like the hypocrites. You know what I mean? Look, there's a difference between that and just kind of spitting it out, you know, and all that. But he, he doesn't want a show. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want me to go, yeah, 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 okay, blah, 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 blah. There's nothing there. There's no substance. This is why, like, this week on a simple issue like prayer, and yet it is so important that I need to see this. And I need to hear these things. And, um, but God wants us to engage with him is what he wants. He wants that engagement and he wants us to, you know, when he built the temple, when he gave specific instructions on the temple, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's like, look at, I want this and I want this this way. All right. You know, it's just a shame that, um, you know, in the garden, Adam and Eve, what they do, they ran from God literally ran from him and and it's like i want to fellowship with you i've given you all this and they ran okay um but so god wants that um he wants that right heart and that's why he's showing this little prayer here real quick and this is where we're going to start right now okay rylan you got it showtime Matthew 6. Uh-huh. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In Matthew 6. Let me get to right here. On verse 9. It says, well, I might as well read from here. Because we have two different versions. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. First thing we need to recognize is who's who. Who are we talking about here? Um, we, we have a Father that we can go to. We don't need to fill him in. We don't need to play catch up with God. Say, look, I want to catch up here on what's going on and what happened since the last time we prayed. You know what I mean? You don't need that. God already knows what's going on. We just need to recognize, like, Lord, we're talking to our heavenly Father. Remember, we all have had fathers that, you know, we all, we've all had fathers. They thought they were giving us what they thought was best. But we have a heavenly Father who does give us what we need, and he keeps us away from what we don't need. So he wants us to talk to him. He wants us to... Walk with him. 
cry with him, and we go to him, just like our kids. Remember our kids? Look, we just want you to come and talk to us. Don't hold this stuff in. We already knew what you did. <laughs> we already know. The guy's like, you just come to me. I already know this stuff. So we recognize who's who right off the bat. So we focus on, on him. How would be your name? The depth of who God is. This is a prayer for the family of believers. Okay? This is for Christians. That's why he's saying this. Don't be hypocritical in five. He's winged this stuff out. You get a lot of people going out there. And they're like, hang on. Do you really mean this? Do you really mean this prayer? Is he really the one that you run to? You know, who do you run to through these crises? You know, you look at all these men in the Bible, Paul and all that. You know what? Who's your God? There's a problem we have in this country these days. Who is God? You bring up the name of Jesus, man, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of friction. I mean, they're outlawing Bibles, I think, in the state of California as we speak. I don't know what state it is, is you can't even talk about Jesus. You're going to get fined and all that. These things are passing through legislation, and you're like, this is insane. God's like, I told you how it's going to be. My name, which is above all names, he's the only God, so that we would focus That we want to be controlled, and um, I want to be submissive to who God is. These people, now remember, you have Jesus talking to this crowd, and they're watching this, and they're hearing this, and they're seeing this in action, and they're like, wow, this is something we've never heard before. All we've heard is criticism from the Pharisees. All the Pharisees ever did was point a finger at these people, say, you know what, you're nothing. You know what? We'll do. You come to us. We're the ones. We're the religious people. We don't need religion. We need a relationship with Christ is what we need. That's what it boils down to. And nowadays, you know, like I said, those are the ugly bad words. We want to, in his kingdom, that we are part of that kingdom Okay, no matter what you drug in here, knowing that Jesus loves you and that you love him for what he did for you and the way he died for your sins, you're part of that kingdom. We are part of that. We're like in this God club, okay? Your will be done. That I want to be controlled. By him. All right? A simple prayer like this, and you read this, you're like, man, you know, we, we, we fit in this plan here, and God's will will be done. <clears throat> I want to have it where everything I do is part of what he wants. Proverbs 3, 5, you know, that, um, you know, that um, acknowledge him in all your ways, you know, everything that God, that we do. And um, I, um, you know, that we would know who is who in this world and that we, we would walk this way. Um, there you go, Ron. Give us this day our daily bread. 
there again, we want to be controlled by this. Um, it says in there that two things I asked the Lord, I don't want too much that I would just forget about you. Not too little that I would go out and do something crazy and get myself into crazy situations. But Lord, I just want my daily bread. That's what I want. Nowadays, our daily bread is... Um, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? I mean, our 401ks and 43bs and all your investments plans, everything's kind of tanked a little bit. All of us are in the same boat together here. We're kind of like in that big pot of stew. We're all just kind of bobbed along here, you know. God's heating things up, and you know what? We have no idea. Our daily bread. We in America, we have an abundance. Daily bread. Daily. Can we be content? Godliness with contentment is of great gain. That we would be, you know, understanding that that um, these people back then, they didn't have anything. Nothing. Now, let's take it now and relay it to then. These folks didn't have squat. They heard that God is going to help them, and he's going to give them. And, um, but we need to be content. But I want to be independent. I've saved for this. I've done all these things. And God's like, that's fine, but I want you to be dependent on me. I want to be independent. But God's like, I want you to rely on me, to be dependent upon me on this daily bread. You know, if you can plan on those crazy days, the big days, those are a gimme, you know? And when we have our focus on Christ, I mean, look how Jesus came into this world as a poor, humble servant. That's, he came poor, he didn't have anything, and, uh, and yet... It's amazing, every, every December 25th, man, all the shopping and all that and everything, and it just absolutely blows me away that this little baby can create all this stuff. You know what I mean? Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Amazing. This little child, this little child come poor is a baby, poor. And... It's the same little child that grew. He grew in stature and nature. Like people like, like, did Jesus know that he was God? You know what I mean? Well, he grew in stature and nature. He didn't, he just threw his glory to the side. He was always God. But the deity, you know what I mean? He threw his glory to the side. He, God came down as man with flesh on him. And, but um, he was about his father's will remember they were they were they, they, these people were all about who he was the early church they were the way remember they were followers of the way church okay i am the way the truth and the life you know no one comes to the father so i am the way i love that you know what i mean so when you start putting all these things together <clears throat> we do his will god shines remember it says you pick your path 
and I'm going to choose your steps for you. I'm going to help you out. You want God's will, so you know what? And God says, okay, you pick it, and I'm going to help you. It's cool because you're like, okay, we're walking in faith, and then, but it's the small stuff. God's like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you guide you around those little mud puddles that we kind of continually keep walking into. You know what I mean? God's like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to direct your path is what he does. So we want that. We want our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. These debts. As we forgive our debtors. It's that forgiveness, isn't it? I like that. I need that. I know I, uh, I taught on, um, over at the, um, on the east side there, James 3. It was a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was amazing. James 3. And my name is James. It's called Taming the Tongue. And I'm like, <laughs> you, you got the perfect guy for this one. Man, perfect guy. I show up all the time on, on, on Planet Crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like co-heir of this planet. And here I write this, and here I am teaching on this, you know what? But God's like, you know what? Look it. I've taken I've allowed you to go down these paths. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna direct you around this thing. You know what I mean? And he does, and he helps clean us up, is what he does. And um, you know, in in First Peter, um, and this forgiveness and the cleansing and all and how we can forgive other people too. In First Peter chapter one, <clears throat> it talks about being um, the gold and being purified mm -hmm. through the process of being heated up. You know, God wants to see this reflection, and when He does that, God will heat things up in our lives, and He will help us out with that one. Okay, it's like, you know, it's kind of like when you get dirty dishes you get greasy and how do you get these babies clean you're not going to get it in cold water you're going to get that boiling hot water and you're going to put it in there you're going to put some dawn in there and boy that grease comes right off dishwasher same way you know what i mean a lot of times when you put laundry you get and you know guys we're the same way get all dirty and all that and um you ever get that you get home you're like Honey, why did you wear that church, the shirt to church? It's filthy. It's like stains all over the back. I'm like, well, I can't see what's on the back. You know, she's doing that. But you know what's amazing? Sometimes you got to put that spray and wash in there, and you got to rub that stuff in. You got to pre soak it, and you got to apply some pressure. See, this is what God does in our lives a lot of times. He'll heat things up. And sometimes he's just kind of squirt us down and he pre-soaks us and he kind of rubs us around a little bit. You're like, what is going on? God will help us in our lives to clean things up and he'll bring that heat on. And many times this is what we need. You know, I like, you know, like that little girl, like, well, just exactly what does the dishwasher do? You know what I mean? You know, it's like, yeah, you know, we do all this stuff. God has a way of, like it says in, in Philippians 1, he who started a good work in you will carry it out to the day of completion, okay? Until the day of Jesus Christ. He started this stuff. So if you got any moaning and groaning about this, like, you know what, I, this is not, take it up with him. He's the one that started this dirty work. How many times have you ever heard me pray about that? I'm like, Lord, you do the dirty work. <laughs> I'll take care of that. He who started a good work, work, in you 
will carry it. Remember, remember that cross he carried up that hill? That cross he carried up that hill, bleeding out for you and for me. And he's going to carry it on to completion. He'll finish this death if we let him on his will be done. And um, forgive us, Father, the things that we do. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So he wants to keep us and he wants to protect us. We need that protection. You know, it's, um, you know, it's, we want to go our own way is what we want to do many times. You know, kind of like that Fleetwood Mac song, you know, go your own way, you know. Guys, like, <laughs> I desire, I desire you. I desire the fellowship with you. I desire the time that I want to spend with you is what he wants, you know. And uh, so, and we need these things. Um, God is um, showing us. I think it's really neat how Jesus, how he, he, he maps it out. Kind of. You read this and you're like, wow, nice and slow. I needed this this week. You know, I'm praying and praying and praying and praying. I don't know what to do. God's like, <laughs> right there, dude. Right there. Right there. Slap right in the middle of the Bible. When Jesus showed up on the scene. He came for the hurting people. So the next time when we're hurting or whatever, you know what? Spend some time. Spend some time. You know, he did, that's why he built the temples and the tabernacles. He desired that people would come back into his presence and spend time with him. Adam and Eve, they're like, they split. They're like, we don't want to hear it. We know we did wrong. We will run. We don't need to run. God already knows where we're running too, you know, just like Jeremiah. Remember, he would kind of moan and groan, I'm just a kid, you know. He says, I knew you in the womb before I formed you. I know what's going on in your mind. I know what's going on. He knows what's happening with us, all right? So I just pray that our heart would always be, if things been mapped out, that we would just follow that map. Just follow the way that God wants it. That's what he desires, you know. Amen. Let's pray. And you can go to the air show if you're going. And uh, they already split. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lord, God, thank you so much for your word. It is, um, it is amazing. It is amazing how you talk to his hearts. Whatever subject we have or whatever hurt we have or whatever need we have, you're there. <laughs> you already know what's on our heart, Father. So, Lord, thank you for your words. And I just pray for all of us here, Lord. Just that we would have a heart for you and then we could hear you. It's as simple as that. And then we could be guided around in our life just as much. You tell us that your eyes go to and fro upon the face of the earth looking for those that love you and then want to serve you. That we can keep our eyes on you and then you can just direct us with your eyes. That's closeness right there. Father God, thank you again. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.